Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday, we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story by Reed Mahalko that he first shared on the podcast in February of 2012. Here's Reed now with a story we call The Mom Moment. I grew up in a family where my mom and dad loved each other very, very much. And eventually, like they, they maxed out their tool set and their marriage became really, really wonky. And that started happening probably when I was like seven or eight, and my mom and dad had gotten a lot of the initial good, wholesome family programming into my brothers. And the story that jumps to mind that informed a lot of who I became later as a, as a sex geek is my brother Ryan and I used to pull out my dad's Playboy collection from the bottom drawer of his, uh, his dresser, and we're at this age of probably five, six, seven, where we would be looking at all the pictures and, and, and the centerfolds, and we would kiss the centerfolds on their naughty bits. And we were old enough to know we probably shouldn't be doing that. It was very fun and innocent. And one day, my mom walked in and caught us doing this. We had, like, Playboys all over, like, more Playboys than you could fold back up and put in the door in, in the time for mom to arrive into the room. We freeze. And she kind of takes a breath and 
she says, put all the Playboys away except for one, and I'll be back in a couple of minutes. And we're like, yipe! So we put everything back, you know, in the same order that we found it, so that no one would know that we were ever looking at them. And my mom comes back and sits us down on, on the bed. And I can still remember, you know, the classically the white shag carpeting uh, that my mom and dad had, and the, the red bedspread, and the brown walnut color of my dad's dresser. And we're just like frozen, petrified, five and six-year-olds or six and seven-year-olds. And my mom takes the Playboy and sits between us and basically just gives us this really amazing feminist talk of why it's totally okay to be curious about women's bodies, why you want to look at them, why that's normal, and why you would feel affection towards them and want to be affectionate. And we're just kind of looking up at her while she's doing this. And she kind of walks us through, you know, it's appropriate to kiss, it's appropriate to touch at certain ages, it's appropriate, you know, at certain ages we'll want to to pet, and then maybe even heavy petting. And I remember just like sitting there being like, what does heavy petting mean? And then she kind of goes, and, you know, later there's sex. And most people try to reserve that for when they get married because it just makes things more simple. And that all this stuff is really normal and you shouldn't be ashamed of it. But at the same time, you have to be really respectful of people's bodies because it's not easy being a woman in culture. And she's saying this to like six and seven year olds. But the way that she said it landed on me in such a way that from that moment on, I just knew to treat people differently around their bodies and around affection. And so this would later like set the course of my life in trying to figure out who I was in college, sexually, and and in relationships. And where this becomes important is, of course, I would learn or, or deconstruct that I'm not monogamous. I fell in love with my high school sweetheart and gave my virginity to her and then fell in love with somebody in one of my art classes in college and didn't know how to reconcile it. So my bright idea was, you know, be respectful, tell the truth, don't hide it. And I, I was living off campus with a good friend of mine who was my karate instructor at the time. And, uh, and I go, Bob, I'm like, this... That, you know, I'm, I'm in love with this woman in my art class and I'm, I'm still in love with, with my high school sweetheart. And Bob's like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, if they meet each other and see how awesome they are, this will make sense. And he looks at me and he kind of cocks his head to the side like a, a golden retriever who doesn't quite understand the word you just used. And he looks at me and he goes, that is the worst fucking idea I've ever heard. But I'm like, no, this has to work. Fast forward a week later, I have them both in my bedroom. I introduce them, and they just sit there, and it is literally the worst idea I've ever had. I can't, I, I was, it was just so gut-wrenchingly awkward. As to be physically painful. Where this becomes important is it set the tone for later in my life when I would realize I'm not monogamous. And 
to always be truthful to the extent that you can. We're humans. We will sometimes, you know, freak out and lie, but that you need to clean that up and that ultimately you should be dating your own species, which is this idea that I will only date and sleep with people if they're polyamorous and, and because I'm so slutty, if they're a slut. If I sleep with people who have their promiscuity handled and then it's not about low self-esteem but it's about something they pride themselves on, that this is how they express their lives, my relationships are so much easier. Weaving this back to my mom and dad, when it came a time where it was appropriate for me to come out to them, I'd also discovered I was queer. And of course, I discovered this while I'm stripping in a gay club because I have to pay for college. And it was also very interesting, uh, the dynamics. And oh my God, like that, that person's gay? He doesn't look gay. And wow, like, I guess I don't know what gay looks like. And, you know, this is amazing. Like, I feel very comfortable and I'm not, I guess I'm not homophobic. And I wonder how not homophobic I am. And it would eventually come to pass. Uh, I was stripping at a gay couple's birthday party. They were the gay couple in the cul-de-sac in the neighborhood with all the straight couples around it. And, and everyone felt so um, uh, you know, advanced because they, they were friends with the gay couple you know, in the cul-de-sac. Very, very sweet couple. And they, they hired me to come in and dance uh, at the birthday party to strip. I, of course, you know, do this great little dance number by the pool, and I'm like humping the diving board, and, and, and all the wives are just going cuckoo because it's very Chippendales, you know, tongue-in-cheek. And so after my stripping routine, I'm, I'm hanging out with everybody and just chatting everybody up, loving meeting all these folks. And so the tequila comes out, and I start doing body shots with all the wives. And the couple that hired me, they think this is hilarious, because they know I'm, I'm straight. And so I'm making out with all the wives. And the husbands are fine with it. Because they think I'm gay. At the end of you know, a certain point in the evening, they pay me for, for stripping. And then the, uh, the non-birthday boy husband, very sweetly, he's like, listen, he goes, we, this has nothing to do with, with your, your stripping. We're, here's your money. Thank you so much. You can leave at any time. And we'd, we'd love to invite you to stay over the night if you'd like. Um, and please don't be offended. I'm sorry if I've overstepped my boundaries or if I'm not being professional. And I kind of looked at him and I was like, huh? Because I'd already had that epiphany of like, how not homophobic am I? And I'm like, oh, I'll think about that. So at the end of the night... We say goodbye to all the neighbors. You know, the wives are all had a great time making out with me. The husbands feel all, you know, empowered that their wives are all a Twitter and they're going to take them all home. And they probably, you know, the whole neighborhood probably had sex that night. And then I stayed and, and had what would be my first threesome with this gay couple. And what was so interesting about it was, you know, I'd never been with, with a man before. And the whole time in my head, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It doesn't occur to me that I'm bisexual or queer, nothing like that. I'm just like, this is fascinating. Wow, he has stubble on his chin. This must be what it's like for women to kiss me when I have stubble on. This is, un- look, his penis 
feels very different from mine. Well, this has to be because... Well, I mean, I guess this makes sense because when I feel my own penis, I'm feeling my hand and my penis, but I'm feeling his penis, I'm just feeling my hand. Oh! Oh, wow! Yeah, his stubble kind of feels a little weird now that he's giving me a blowjob. This is interesting. And so I'm just in, like, full geek mode. And it was so obvious how in love these guys were, like, super-duper in love. And, like... Their gift is sharing their sensuality with a stranger or another man in their bed. I remember driving home in my little $250 beat-up Ford that I was driving and being like, Wow, I'm really not homophobic. The non-judgment and the respect that, that I still have for people and their sexuality... In many ways, and this is now that I'm going to get all the clamped, you know, doing what my mom did for my brother and I that, that day. Um, instilling in people, telling them, taking a moment and, and slowing everything down enough to, to teach people that it's okay to be curious about other people's bodies. That it's normal to have these desires, to want to explore, to want to touch, to want to kiss, to want a heavy pet, which is such a great phrase. And that it's not easy out there for, for, for men and women. I mean, certainly for women in the way our culture is, but for men too, to give yourself permission and to respect people and, and their bodies and their sexualities. And I've, I've got my mom to thank for that. And I don't know that she knew what she was doing at the time when she caught us. And I can only imagine when she left the room and left us there to clean up for those two minutes, what she must... She probably went downstairs and, and had a shot of whiskey or something. But in that moment, she really... You know, she changed my life. That is all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.